We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day Podcast. It is the Saturday after. It is the second. Saturday show in a row that this group is doing after an NFC Championship game in which the Green Bay Packers played. We all know how the game turned out. I am Jason Perrone of Game On Wisconsin and the Pack-A-Day Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV. Mark, on the East Coast, is spring in or not yet? No, no. This has been the coldest few days of the year so far. We, we were... Uh... It's been cold. For, I mean, cold for here. Um, it's in the 40s during the day and in the 30s at night. So that's that's not Myrtle Beach weather. That's kind of that's kind of cold. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's supposed to warm up this week. It's supposed to get back up to the high 50s and might even touch 60. But it's been cold. All right. And the last we checked in on, in Wisconsin, it was cold and even colder in our hearts. <laughs> Paul Brettel wasn't cold enough. Five days later. How are we looking in, in Wisconsin? What's what's winter doing? Well, it's turned. That's good news. On my, I walked out the door Wednesday morning to head to work, and it was zero. Not wind chill zero. It was zero. Uh, but we're in the low 30s now, and not to brag, you guys, but on Friday, the sun was out all day, so take that. Uh, but it's pretty typical this time of the year. All right. And here in the Phoenix area, it's raining at 50 degrees, which for us is cold by kind of similar standards, I guess, 
to what Mark is saying, it's for our location here, it's that's winter weather and people are walking around in their boots and their scarves. Of course, people in Arizona that own winter wear will will take any possible opportunity to wear it out if they can. So even if it's borderline, if they feel cold, then they'll wear those accessories. So but how, as, how, how long have, have you lived in Arizona? You've lived in Arizona quite a while now, right? For the better part of the last 30 years. Oh, geez. Okay. So uh, you probably don't even remember. I know, like, I've only been here, it's like three and a half years now. And my first winter here, or my first winter here, I used to laugh. Like, I'd, I'd go wherever to the store or the bank, and it'd be like, whatever, 40 some degrees, maybe 45, 50, whatever. And I would see people, like, bundled up, and I'd, and I'd still be wearing, like, you know, shorts and a long, long sleeve T-shirt, and I, and I and I would laugh at those people. Like it's not that cold. It's fifty. That's not cold, and I'd, I'd be laughing. Now I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your body really does change quickly to the you know adapting to the to the whatever the climate. Cold. Well, I did spend a year and a half in Minneapolis about five years ago, so I got a little bit of a reminder. But eighteen months was enough for me, and then I jetted back to Arizona. Of course, that was more job related than anything, but. All right, so the Packers did not win the NFC Championship game. For the, so for the second season in a row, they finished 13-3. and three. They make a conference championship game. This time they hosted the game, and for the second year in a row, the Packers are not winners. It is Saturday. It's almost a week later. The game has been dissected every which way. I'll just say, obviously, very disappointing, and it, does, it has kind of recalibrated a little bit of my expectations of this franchise moving forward as far as deep postseason goes, but we can save that for another show. Before we get into the news of the day, just real quick, one or two sentences recapping what your thoughts were on Sunday. Mark, we'll start with you. To me, I mean, you know, you people have gone over, gone over it like you said, but to me it was a span of a minute and seven seconds that, that, was, that cost them the game. The, the, the last play of the first half, and I guess it was the second or third play of the of the second half, the, the 39-yard touchdown pass, Jones's fumble. You can't put yourself in a 28 to 10 hole. I know they they almost came back. They got it to 28, 23, blah blah blah. You don't put your if you you fall behind a good team by 18 points, the odds of winning the game are you know five percent probably or something. I'm not an odds guy like that, but uh, you can't fall behind by 18 points. You you can't give up that touchdown and then fumble at the and give them the ball at the eight-yard line. And it's just you know. That's when the game. But to me, those that's what that that's where they lost the game. Not the field goal at the end. Not the not not, not anything else. Those those that that span. I think it was one oh seven of actual game time. Yeah, we've seen it before. A play in the middle of the game can change the tide, and it doesn't always come down to the last play of the game. Paul, did you see it kind of the same way? Yeah, it was. Uh, man, that one hurt. Uh, after the Titans game, I had my rose-colored glasses on. I thought that this was it. I mean, the Titans game was supposed to be the team that was just supposed to run all over this team, the Packers literally, and the Packers came out and whooped them, and that was my turning point from, oh, that's a good team. They might be able to make a run to, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, And what we saw was the only team that can beat this Packers team is themselves. I mean, two turnovers, uh, drop pass in the end zone by Devontae, drop two point by EQ, uh, inability to convert on turnovers from the defense who gave them opportunities, Two for four in the red zone, uh, missed third downs. Just, I mean, struggling with the offensive line. There's just a whole bunch of things with a lot of self-inflicted wounds that in the end just cost them the game. So the Packers did win the game on Sunday. They just didn't win it for themselves. Is kind don't, of what don't we're... Don't leave the quarterback out. 0 for 6 on goal-to-go situation. Yep, that is well. 
Yeah, 0 for 6 on goal-to-goal situations, and that includes both running and throwing. So, all right, let's move on. The news of the day is on Friday it was announced that Mike Pettin will not return to the Green Bay Packers in 2021. He had an expired contract by virtue of the end of the 2020 season. We were talking a little bit before the show started. Pettin decided not to sign the additional one-year extension at the beginning of the 2020 league year. So he went into 2020 with just that one-year contract, which is a little bit different, a little bit odd. But to be clear, Mike Pettin was not fired by the Green Bay Packers. He just will not be back with the team. And so the team has begun the process of interviewing candidates. So guys, obviously we need to talk about this because there was a lot of chatter and we even talked about it on our own show. If the Packers go 13-3, and they host it at conference championship game and they have some sort of meltdown and they don't win the conference championship so far, all the boxes are checked somebody's probably going to be front and center when the accountability is all doled out. I'm not saying it was Mike Pettin's fault, but there was a lot of opinions about Pettin and whether or not he would survive after this season. And one of the big reasons why, as we know, is he was inherited by Matt LaFleur when LaFleur took the job two years ago. Mike Pettin was kept on after last season and the huge thrashing. You, you want to talk about the Packers were the only team that could beat themselves this year. That was not the case last year. The 49ers absolutely beat the Packers. And one of the biggest culprits was the run defense performance in that NFC Championship game. Mike Pettin was retained. He stayed on. Looks, and the defense actually improved in 2020. You saw guys like Jair Alexander take a step forward. Darnell Savage, Kingsley Kiki, until he got hurt, was looking really good. Kenny Clark, an absolute stud up front. Sedarius Smith, Preston Smith. Mike Pettin did some good things, right, Mark? And I'll I'll start with yeah. you. I'll I'll start with you. And your reaction to the new? Did it surprise you that that Pettin won't be back? No. When Lafleur took a little availed shot at him after the loss. When I mean, he put it out there about we yeah when they, when asked about that touchdown at the end of the half, he didn't he didn't put it on Kevin King. He put it on the scheme. We we can't do that. Not at that you know not at that time. He put it on Patton. I, when I read that quote, I said, uh oh, <laughs> Patton's not coming back. I mean, he's and I, at that point, I didn't realize that his contract was up. And then when I heard the contract was up, I was like, okay, he's it's a matter of time now. Um, you know what's funny? So let's let me just be a throw a hypothetical out there. So let's say the Packers score on that goal to go. The last one, right? Let's say they score and they and they convert the two point conversion and they go overtime and they win in overtime. Now Petten wouldn't have done anything differently, right? I mean he, he still would have had that bad call according to LaFleur at the end of the half and everything else would have been the same. If they go to the Super Bowl, do you, does he still not come back? I think it depends how the Super Bowl goes. At least it would for me. Really? Um, Even getting so getting to the Super Bowl doesn't save. I don't, here's another question: Do we know that maybe Petten didn't want? I mean, he like as Jason said, he turned down an extent. Like he could have been here for another year, or at least gotten paid another year if they let him go. Right. Does he? Did he maybe not want to come back? That's Does true. That's why I wanted to. That's, I don't know. That's why I was asking you guys. Has anybody heard whether it was a team's decision or Petten's decision? And we may find out at some oh, point, or we may never. We Monday may never. We may never find out. And the, the, you know, the the thing is, is that both Petten and the team are kind of protected from necessarily having to answer the question because it was a simple matter of while well, the contract expired and then that's it, mic drop. So we may or may not ever ever find out. But Mark, that's an excellent point that you bring up there because. Once again, in a big-time playoff game, the offense also had its woes. It had its yes. warts. And the Aaron Jones fumble, just too many. And this is not on the pet and tip, but too many uncharacteristic mistakes. Once again, and we've been seeing it for the past 10 years, 
get this team in the playoffs. They just turn into a completely different animal when they get deep into the postseason. I thought it, they were over that well. When the, the way they played against the Rams, they beat the Rams. I agree. They were hosting the conference championship game, even though it was the Tampa quarterback who I've gone five days without saying his name, and I refuse to say it out loud. You guys can if you want. They know who it is. Right, but I still felt like the Packers are they've grown up. Matt LaFleur has grown up. He's gonna be prepared. Situational coaching, situational everything. It it was just it was just very very befuddling. But defensive wise, again, I look at the pieces that they have and I say to myself, even if they decide Kevin King's not coming back next season, and Preston Smith isn't gonna come back because he's gonna be a cap casualty. Or they restructure some of those players. Kirksey doesn't come back. I'm just throwing some names out there. Amos gets restructured. I still think the core of the Packers' defense is really good. And, Mark, I think it was you that made the point. Look, the players were there. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but this defense was above average because they were better than 15th in the league. So Mike Pettin did do some good things. He's probably going to get some interest for another job around the league, sometimes you just need a different voice. Did any of the Eagles teams that you covered ever experience something like that where it was like, look, he's a great coach, they just need a different voice? No, because they had Jim Johnson as the defensive coordinator for most of the time. And he was so that. good. No, I'm sorry. No, that, that, um, I'm trying to think prior to, Jim, prior to that regime, yeah, but more so on the offense. The Eagles, you know, the Eagles teams that I covered – Defense was almost always the strength. Even though they had offensive coaches, the defense is so it was more the offense sometimes needed a new voice. Um, and sometimes, for instance, Ray Rhodes' first two years as Eagles head coach, they made the playoffs both years. One in Division One year was were a wild card the other year. And then John Gruden leaves to become the head coach of the Raiders. They hire a guy named Dana Bible, who if Gruden was the best offensive coordinator that I ever covered, he probably was. Bible was the worst. I mean, he was just awful. Uh, the players laughed at him. It was it was a joke. And the team went from two years in the playoffs to, I think they were 5-10-1 the one year, and then 3-13 and 13 the next year. So, um yeah, it was. It was. It became a you know. So I've I've seen it more on the offensive side with the Eagles than the defensive side. But with Petten, if they had brought him back, if they if they announced today, we've signed Mike Petten to a three year extension. I wouldn't. I know fans wanted him gone. Um, I'm a fan, but I I I wouldn't. I, I I wouldn't have been mad either way. I'm not mad that they that they're not bringing him back, but I wouldn't have been like upset and you know throwing things around the house if, if they told me that he was coming back. Um, with that said, I'm real curious to see where they go and and who they hire. Um, this is a big hire for, for, for Matt LaFleur. Um, and again, I, I had a, I, in a different lifestyle, I had a job where I did it, when I, I was an athletic director for four years and I did have to hire and fire coaches. And my track record one was was pretty good, but you worry when you when you get. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Of a guy, or in this case, the guy not coming back. You want to get somebody better, so th- this whoever Matt Lafleur hires had better be better than than, than Mike Pettin, or you know we're, we're going to have people upset next year. Right. So Paul, to that effect, because of how well statistically, and I know that you're you're good with numbers, and you've always been been on top of that, and you've written a lot about this defense over the course of the season with Mike Pettin. Having this defense playing as well as it was, maybe not in one single game, but is is this next person coming up against just this huge mountainous task of trying to improve a defense that was already really good? And and then you know your thoughts maybe on on the players and and the core. I mentioned the core that I believe so much in, and I I just think there's enough youth and and room to improve. They can be better. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, by uh, Football Outsiders DVOA metric, which I like to use, it encompasses a number of different factors rather than just total yards. Um, I, I think it's just a more accurate representation of how a, a, a unit is performing. The Packers were 15th. and middle. middle of the road. And to get to 15th, it took... You know, some really strong performances over the last six weeks of the season. You know, in key areas like pressure, red zone defense, turnovers, they were near last for the first few months of the year. And those are three areas that they dominated. In 2019, all that's on Pettin. Uh, The Smiths, they didn't nearly generate the same amount of pressure that they did uh, in 2019. At the start of the year, Amos... They weren't playing nearly as well. They certainly kicked it up a few notches, and that's a big reason why the defense improved. But overall, at the end of the year, ranking-wise, they're middle of the road. Um, 
and that was you know Petten's best ranking uh, with the Packers. But I think that's what the issue is. This defense, Gary, Z, Amos, Savage, Jair, Kenny Clark, um, I don't think Preston Smith will be back, but they had Preston Smith. I mean, that's those are some playmakers, and this unit at their best shouldn't be average. Now, they had flashes. Um, they had a lot of big moments, and I think that's going to get lost in all this. Everyone's so excited for Petten to be gone. And I think the memory of him being here is going to be a lot worse than what it actually was. Like I said before the show, the Packers don't go 13-3 and and make it to the NFC Championship game in 2019 without this defense. You know, and Patton was in charge of it. So we need to keep that in mind. But I think for me what it comes down to is, as I just said, there's a great core here, and they were overall – average ranking-wise, and it seemed from week to week that the same issues persisted. So if the same issues are there, what's happening? Is it an X is an O thing? Is it players not developing? Is it putting the players in the wrong position? Is it not adjusting? Maybe it's all the above, but you know what all those have in common? That all falls on the coach. And so I understand why the move had to be made. I expected the move to be made. Uh, Ultimately, and this is really oversimplifying it, they just weren't good enough. They weren't as good as they should have been. Yeah, I, I, and the, and again, it, it, it gets magnified when you talk about a game of the uh, of the magnitude of the NFC Championship game there. But uh, you mentioned the pass rush, and you just have to wonder what where does it go? I mean, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, no sacks in a conference championship game for two years, and these are your horses up front. These are the guys that you count on to provide pressure. Brady is it, I said the name, is a completely different animal when it comes to how you attack putting pressure on him, on the pocket. I get that. I understand that. Petten did get a little cute at the beginning of the game, sent some extra pressure just to test it out and see what was going to happen. The ball's out of his hands in, in two or three seconds, and he's got the right players to catch that ball downfield. So it, as far as where they go, Mark, you, you kind of said it. it'll be interesting to see where they go. One point that was brought up that I think is is interesting, and I believe it was Peter Bukowski on Lockdown Packers, was the interesting thing about this is we're going to find out just how much change Matt LaFleur thinks there needed to be on defense if he hires an assistant coach versus somebody from the outside. So you also have to take into consideration your players, you're going to be hiring a defensive coordinator before you draft. So that might mean there could be some impacts to how the Packers attack the draft because I think they're going to have to they're going to have some holes to fill on defense. They've got a cornerback problem that they're going to have to solve. So I guess without knowing which direction they're heading, just knee-jerk reaction first thought, Mark, are they're going to interview the heck out of everybody. So it's not a question of whether they'll interview or talk to the right number of people, but what is your gut telling you right now as far as are we looking at an internal? You've got some good candidates, Jerry Gray, we mentioned, Mike Smith, or do you think it's an outside hire? I hope it's an outside hire. Um, Mainly because, all right, Earlier in the week, they fired the special teams coach. With everybody's in, in agreement, that had to happen, right? Yep. I mean, he gets, and I'm not saying it's all his fault, maybe, but but you can't your your special teams can't be that bad and and let and just say okay, we're going to bring this guy back again. 
So no, that was great. They they got rid of him. I hope he does well in life, whatever. But I didn't want him coaching the Packers special teams anymore. And they but and they replaced him from within. And I like what Tom Silverstein of the um, Milwaukee Journal said that you know just because the guy was the assistant doesn't mean he's the same guy, and he might have his own vision. And and I hope he's right. And I hope Drayton is a different guy and does different things. And the Packers special teams can at least get above awful. I'm not asking them to be good. I'm just asking them not to be awful anymore. Um, so with that said, you know, Gray, I've, I've, I've known Jerry Gray a long time. He's been in the league like forever. It wouldn't be the worst um, hire. And maybe that was a setup when, when they brought him in uh, this season. Maybe that was in the back of LaFleur's mind that to hire Jerry Gray, knowing, I mean, LaFleur knew Petten's contract was up at the end of the year, so... Maybe this was all in the works. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. If they hire Gray, then you're going, to, you're going to have to convince me that it wasn't all in the works. Um, but I'm like a young, cutting-edge kind of guy. Like LaFleur is on, on offense. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, Gray's, Gray's old. He's been around forever. You know, another name that I hear is Wade Phillips. I, I, know, I, I do know Wade personally. He was with the Eagles when I first started covering the team under Buddy Ryan. Loved the guy. He's funny. He's he's a very good coach, but he's seventy four. Uh, I want I want somebody different. I want I might want, and I don't know much about him, Paul. You know a lot more about him than I do, I think. And that's the uh, defensive coordinator at the University of Wisconsin, Jim Leonard. Yes. Is he as good as advertised? I am biased, but I do think so. And the reason I say so, so first I'll start by saying Jim Leonard had like a 10-11 year NFL career, and a number of those years were under Mike Patton. Yeah, well, Rex uh, Ryan was his guy. Yep. Patton was Rex Ryan's guy also. So. Yep. And uh, what I will say about Leonard is the Badgers year after year um, under Leonard have one of the best defenses in college football. And what I think he's really good at, and he runs a 3-4, what I think he's really good at is getting the best out of his players. Badgers are a good program. Uh, you know, they're all, almost always in the top 25, flirting with the top 10, uh, are always in the mix for, you know, competing for a Big Ten championship. They're, no, they're not on Ohio State, Alabama <laughs> level. They just don't get those kind of recruits. Wisconsin in the last two years has started getting, you know, a handful uh, four-star recruits in each class. They even had a five-star recruit incoming here in 2021. But for the most part, there's a lot of three-star guys. And I'm not putting stock in, you know, your star rating is who you are as, you, as a player. But I'm just trying to paint the picture that they're not getting these high-caliber, you know, high school five-star athletes. There are a lot of three-star guys on the field that end up becoming NFL players under his development. So for me, that's the part that's really intriguing. I think he gets the most out of his players, especially in the front seven. Uh, the Badgers' defensive line, especially their linebacking core, uh, always one of the better units in college football, really good at stopping the run. And then again in the secondary they don't give up a ton of passing yards. I think this year they ranked 25th, and that was a bit of a down year for them in passing yards allowed per game. So that's the, like I said, 100% honesty here, people. I am biased. I love, I love Jim Leonard. I remember watching him play for the Badgers when I was growing up. Um, but like I said, he gets the most out of out of his recruits, and we see the Badgers putting 
especially linebackers. They put a few, you know, linebacker two in the NFL every year the last handful of years. Uh, defensive linemen, this unit's always ranked top five, top ten in the nation. How similar is his scheme? I don't, I'll be honest, I don't get a chance to see the Badgers all that often. How similar is his scheme to Patton's scheme? Is it because I know he played for Patton and he played for Rex Ryan? Is it a carbon copy kind, of, or is it a little, or, or, or has he tweaked it a bit? It's definitely it's tweaked. It's not the same by any means. There is some, I would say, some overlap, but I think it would be it would it would be a change of pace from what they have been doing. Then he's my guy. He was on my list as it was, and now hold them. <laughs> no, I was. I mean, I, I remember him as a player. I remember him playing for the Ravens and and the Jets. And he was everyone. I mean, it's a cliche, but I think in his case it wasn't. He was a coach on the field for the, for those teams, and there's no surprise that he's become a, a good defensive coordinator. Um, and, I, and he's you know he's still relatively young. He's a new, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to retread. I don't, I, I, I don't want to call Gary Gray a retread because he, but that's, I mean, you know, he's been in the league forever. Um, his defenses were okay in Buffalo. Um, I think he's a good secondary coach. Leave him back there. Let him keep coaching up Savage and Alexander and whoever they draft at to play corner. Um, let him just. Stay there. Let him leave him alone. Let him do that. Same with Mike Smith. Let him keep coaching the linebackers. Give me somebody new. A couple other names. If I mean, do, do we assume that Leonard would jump at this opportunity? I'm not sure. I, I'll be honest. I don't 100% know. He comes up in head coaching searches for college football. Right. Uh, just about every year. Job, yeah, but as far as offers that have been made to him, this is head coaching at the college level. They haven't been made publicly, but I just find it hard to believe that he wouldn't have at least been asked. I know that he he's uh, from Wisconsin. He went to Wisconsin. He lives in the Madison area. I know I know just from stuff that I've read from you know the Badger reporters. He he loves the program. He loves being a part of it. Yeah. So I I will say I'm not a hundred percent certain that it would be because it is an upgrade, you know, college to the NFL. Right. He would make the jump. I don't know that for certain, but there are guys that just like the college game better mm-hmm. and would prefer staying there. I mean, they like dealing with kids as opposed to dealing with, you know, multimillionaires and, and vice versa. There are guys that like the pro game, but I mean, so yeah, I mean, I, we're all talking about like, yeah, let's get him. He might be like, thanks, but I'm, I'm pretty happy here and <laughs> up in Madison. Um, two guys that I'll throw names, throw just throw names at you. Uh, Jared Mayo, you know, linebacker coach in, in, in New England. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about him. He actually interviewed the Eagles. Actually interviewed him for the head coaching job, which I thought was maybe a little bit of a reach. Um, he, obviously, he didn't get it, but he's a bright young guy that people are talking about. And then um, Tampa Bay's—I don't know what his title is. I don't know if he's. I know he's linebacker, but he might have a fancier title too, like they give out now. You know, pass run game coordinator or whatever. Uh, Mike Caldwell, who I also happen to know pretty well as a player, he played for the the Cardinals and the Eagles for a long time. He's kind of Todd Bowles' right hand man. He he's always he was with Todd when 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 they were together with the Jets, um, and then he brought him to Arizona with him. Or no, I'm, I, I mean Bowles was in Arizona first, right? Yes, yeah, they were together in Arizona. Brought him to the Jets, and now he brought him again to Tampa. So they've been together for, forever. Um, obviously, Bowles is a good coordinator, and uh, I think Caldwell's learned a lot from from him. Again, young, new, um, and be, you know that's, that's just two, two names I'm going to throw out along with with Leonard. 
one name that I wanted to mention, and I'm not going to take credit for this. I was reading uh, Zach Cruz's article over at Packers Wire where he went through like 15 different names. But one of them caught my eye is really interesting. We know that he knows defense. Stephen Belichick. <laughs> we going to get seen, him to leave his daddy? <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to say, and Zach made that point as well. Is he going to be able to – would he leave New England? And we've seen – it's been in head coaching roles, but we've seen Belichick disciples struggle on new as teams. But that's right, as head, as head coaches. But for uh, Steve, I mean, moving into a coordinator role seems like a logical next step for him. I just thought that that was a really interesting name. That's one I hadn't thought of. Oh, I would. I, I Mayo. I went to New England for for Mayo. Yeah, I just don't think. I don't know. You never know. Anything stranger things have happened. But I, I think. I think he. To be honest, I think Stephen Belichick will be the next head coach of the Patriots whenever Bill decides he's had enough. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, I'm just again. I'm just throwing it out there, but I think he's being groomed to take over for his father. So it sounds like if I ask each of you, players or scheme, because like I said, we've got a nucleus of young players that are good. It doesn't sound like they, they're not rebuilding. They don't need to blow the whole thing up. But let's look at the pass rush, for example. You know, so didn't get enough production, didn't get anywhere near enough production in two conference championship games. I don't want to make any comparisons to how Reggie White played in Super Bowl Thirty One because he's a completely different animal from another planet, obviously. But your biggest studs up front, and Kenny Clark was great. Kenny Clark played great, so I'm not including him in this. But your outside linebackers didn't show up what about something like that do you do you do you look at more of the scheme is that more of a player type situation i saw uh, some you know again these are just rumblings from fans so it doesn't mean they know what they're talking about but i also saw some rumblings of would they fare better in a 4-3 than the 3-4 and those are types of things you have to ask yourself when you're looking at bringing in a new coordinator who might bring in some new ideas mark you seemed very open to the idea that it would be different that the scheme might be different. So I guess I feel like I know what your answer might be, but as far as scheme or players here in terms of, of where the Packers go to, to get more out of next season, where are you sitting? It's a little bit of both. I don't want to cop out, but I'm a 4-3 guy. I, I wrote a story for Packer Report when the defense wasn't playing well, I guess middle of the year, saying you know you can't do it now because it's hard to switch over in the middle of the year. But I think this team is much is, is built very well to, to transform to a fourth. I, I just like four three better. I always have. Maybe that's my buddy Ryan mentality. From that's that's who, that's where I learned football from him. Jim Johnson, same thing. Four three. Um, the guys I learned the most about defensive football from played a four three and 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 scoffed at three four teams, laughed at them. Ah, three four. That's all. You know, you can't win playing three. Um, I mean, teams have teams have won playing three four. I'm not I'm not denying that, but. Um, I just always like the 4-3 better, and I think they would shut up. I mean, Gary and Zadarius Smith are really 4-3 ends. Let's be honest. Gary played 4-3 end at Michigan for, for his whole time there. They, they've converted him to a linebacker. Smith played in a four, and played the defensive line in Baltimore. So the two of them outside or as defensive ends would not be any, any stretch at, at all. I think Kenny Clark... In the middle of a as a defensive tackle on a four three, not having to play on the nose and and take that punt, he could. I'm not going to say he's Aaron Donald, but he'd be Fletcher Cox, um, if not better than Fletcher Cox. I think Kenny Clark could be an animal in a, as a defensive tackle on a four three, and then K- Kingsley Kiki, I think, fits in real nice as a four three guy as well. 
Not to mention if they keep Dean, Dean Lowry. I mean, you, you could rotate him and Kiki. Um, so up front, I think the four, the four part of the four three, I think they have down pat. As far as the linebackers, Martin and I think Martin and Barnes are going to be your two guys no matter what they play. Now they might need another linebacker. They, well, they would. I don't. I don't. I don't think um, they have anybody right on the current roster. There. I, mean, I, I I could see Martin and I guess you put Barnes in the middle and Martin on the strong side. Or but I mean you could do that however you want. Maybe flip flop them. I don't know. Um, I don't really see a weak side linebacker on this current roster right now, unless there's somebody I'm not thinking of. Um, well, that's what you know. I think you can draft a linebacker. I mean, you can get a, you can get a good linebacker in the third round. Um, so yeah, I think this team could very easily transform to a four three. Um, but getting back to the original question, as a play, you know, player, they didn't. You know, I don't know what they were doing early in the in the fourth quarter when they got the stops, and the third well, the third quarter and into the fourth when they got the stops and and made the comeback a little bit. They did get some pressure on on, on Brady. Uh, Gary got a, got a good pressure um, on the, on the one on the interception. I believe it was Alexander's first, maybe I, I forget which one now. Um, Savage came on a blitz, um, so they did get some pressure later. But you're right, um, didn't get enough, wasn't con- consistent enough. Now again, I I can't blame the coach for that. I mean, if the da- if the tackle is beating. Zadarius Smith all game. Two things come in mind. Zadarius isn't playing good enough, and sometimes you have to tip your hat to the other team. That tackle played really well. I mean, they're getting paid too, so look at it both ways. I mean, Tampa's offensive line played a pretty good game. They did, and Paul, I guess I want your take on this too, because you've got scheme versus player, and Mark, the only other linebacker in that equation the Packers have. I guess it's Ty Summers. Ty Summers had to play. It was interesting. Yeah. Ty, Ty Summers over Kamal Martin, too, when when it came down to it. And you saw Summers just does not have the speed. Couldn't yeah, keep up with guy. it. And, and they had the, the Bucks had an answer for it. So Summers is not that. You want to talk about drafting. You, you're not going to get another guy in the seventh round who's going to be able to contribute. But, Paul, as far as scheme versus player goes, I, how much of an overhaul should the Packers or do the Packers need? I don't think they really need much of an overhaul. I mean, I went through the players that they have on this team earlier, and what I want to see is whoever comes in, build the defense around the players that you have. Um, And what I hope to see is more dictating instead of letting the offense dictate. You have Z, Gary, Kenny Clark, Jair, Amos, Savage. If you get a corner in the first, second round early on, uh, Barnes and Martin at linebacker fly around the field. I mean, there should be defensive coordinators, position coaches lining up this job. I don't know who wouldn't want to coach these players and have, you know, coming in as a new defensive coordinator and having these players to work with. And do, you know, use them to their advantage. Let the defensive line pin their ears back. Bring Savage up in the box. Let Jair press. I mean, I just want to see this group dictate more. And maybe next season I'll be sitting here – cussing away because they're giving up more big plays but at this point after what we watched especially this season it's just so frustrating watching a team with so many playmakers play soft you know what i mean 
Exactly, because they're not in position to. They're in position to not give up a big play, right. but they're not in position to go and make a play, change the game, and that's what I want to see. You have the playmakers. When Patton was in charge his first year in 2018, the way that you know he sent a ton of blitzes, um, and he played soft in coverage because he had to. He didn't have the he didn't have the cornerbacks. Jair was still a rookie. Josh Jackson was you know he was struggling as a rookie. Um, and so he sent more blitzes. 2019, Z and Preston were getting after the quarterback with such regularity. Again, he didn't have to blitz, but they still pressured. This year, that went away. Those two didn't have the same success. Now you're not pressuring the quarterback. Now you're still playing soft in coverage, and there's just all these easy throws. Like I said, I just want to see this group. I want to see them dictate instead of letting the offense decide what happens. Um, you know, the bend but don't break mentality. They broke a lot more this year, unfortunately. And so you have the horses, you have the playmakers, let them make plays. Well, the other thing, too, is Kevin King did press in this game. He wasn't playing the 10 yards off that we normally see. He did get up on the line of scrimmage. For for all the things that we, we give Kevin King a hard time for, he's not the absolute worst corner in the league, but... He definitely was on the wrong side of a lot of things on Sunday. And so then it becomes that big debate, again, kind of what I was just saying, player versus the scheme itself. I mean, we're going to have a lot to break down and look at as we find out who the Packers are talking to. Hopefully they take their time in making this decision. It sounds like they will. Uh, Mark, you don't want to retread. There's, I don't. I mean, I, do you? Uh, to be honest with you, I I don't see... Experience, experience could be a good thing. It can be, but I don't see... I, I kind of am more with you there. I, I, I don't typically see that tend to work because if that person is already on the staff and it's not like they're making the calls, it's different when you're an assistant coach versus being the coordinator. Maybe when you turn somebody loose and you give them the big job, they do, they do elevate and make things better, but they're already on the staff. How much different are, is their mindset going to be? You know, you would you would think that there would be a lot of at odds and, you know, if somebody on on Petten's staff is comes in and just lights the world on fire next year. It just is. It's a it's a weird look. I'm not wouldn't complain about it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily bet on it as much. And I think we're going to have to keep an eye on, on what the Packers do. Um, just to, it's an interesting part of this. This whole process is that they're going to talk to a lot of different people. And you got two teams that are playing in a Super Bowl and there might be some candidates that the Packers want to wait for that that uh, have a Super Bowl to coach. One other thing I did want to add quick, uh, after my rant about going on about being more aggressive and dictating, Patton did do that as the season went on. Um, he sent more pressure. Uh, he played less of that soft zone in the final weeks, and I don't think it's a coincidence with either of those. There are less three-man rushes, and I don't think it's a coincidence that that's when the defense really started to kick it up a notch, and that's a big reason that I thought that they could go to and win the Super Bowl. I thought that this unit was peaking at the right time. and I mean, the second half of the game, for the most part, was... was they did. They absolutely did. That one of the touchdowns they gave up was because they were eight put yard. in bad position by the eight yard line. Yep, absolutely. So, like you said, Mark, at the beginning, that play from King just really changed the tide, oh. and then the fumble coming out the half, and before you know it, like you said, all of a sudden you're down eighteen in the blink of an eye. But they had three turnovers, so I did. Uh, I just wanted to mention that because Petten did make those adjustments to his credit, and we did see some success because of it. I thought the defense. And people are going to kill me for this. I thought the defense overall played okay against Tampa Bay. The overall. Now, Kevin King had a miserable game. Shandon Sullivan had a bad game. 
and that's where and guess what? You're going against the greatest quarterback of all time. He's gonna he's gonna he didn't go after Alexander too often. He he knew where to go. He he's he's been around. He's seen where weak this was, and he attacked, attacked, attacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, King, you can't you can't give up the touchdown, and you can't get called. I know they weren't calling it, and it was a you know as a Packer fan. I was upset that they called a flag on the pass interference because they hadn't called one all game on on either team, and they picked that time to call it. But it was pass interference. I mean, it was actually defensive holding. Holding. But it was still a penalty. It was still an automatic first down. And you don't have – come on. It's a, it's Tyler Johnson, a rookie fifth-round pick out of Minnesota. If you can't cover him without holding him, then I can't <laughs> wait for – then pack your bags and get out of town, Kevin. I can't wait for you to go. <laughs> the game of football has changed so much over the years, but one thing remains the same. In the trenches, and that's where the difference was. Brady had time. Rodgers mm-hmm. didn't. The Packers struggled to get the run game going. Both teams did. Tampa didn't, other than the one mm-hmm. run by, by playoff Lenny. Yeah, the Packers' first and second down defense was actually really good. They they put Tampa in so many, especially in that first half, third and long, third and seven plus. Yep. And they just, for the life of them, could not get off the field. And part because of that was Brady had time. <laughs> yeah, that as well. Those two were certainly picked on. So we have a chance to talk about this again next week before the game actually happens. But as we head enter into the bye week, you've got the Chiefs and the Bucks in this Super Bowl. Mark, who do you got? What does your gut tell you? I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I got a whole week to, to think about that. I'll tell you what I'm gonna say. Over. I like the over. I'll, I'll give you that this week. Okay. All right, Paul. Any, I'll, 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 my pick I'll right. answer for you, Jason. Uh, until I see someone knock off the Chiefs, I'm picking the Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined. To, I'm inclined to take the Chiefs as well. As bad as the quarterback for Tampa played, let's get back on the train here. As bad as the qu- quarterback for Tampa played on Sunday, I have hope that he, he may not show up and get as many uh, mulligans as he did on Sunday from the Packers. The Packers have become way too gracious hosts over the past ten years when it comes to the postseason, and that's again another conversation for another day when we talk about this team. And no matter how, I'm sorry. Well, no matter how good they get. I, I think just one tin, this reference is going to go right over the heads of many. Mark, you'll get it. But one too many bananas in the tailpipe. And I just can't, I, I cannot believe, I cannot believe in this team win an NFC championship game until I see it happen. And I, I hope to be made to look like a fool. But I just don't know how I can pick them regardless of, they had everything going. There was no reason why you wouldn't pick the Packers. And they still found a way to drop it. So. I don't know what else to say about that. Let but. me ask you this about a prediction since we're making predictions. When 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 we do this show next weekend, will the Packers have a defensive coordinator? Will will we be talking about the new coordinator or will, will we be talking about something else? I think there's I a think, better than I think there's a better than fifty percent chance. Paul, what do you think? I was gonna say that's a hard question to answer because part of me is thinking that they will take their time. If this was like a month ago, say they didn't make the playoffs or even got bounced in the first round, there would be kind of a mad dash because the teams that fired their coaches right. are hiring coaches, putting their staffs together. I think most of the staffs around the league from those teams are put together. So the no. Packers aren't really competing with anyone if, the, if this was like a month ago. Now now with Houston, that, the, has Houston put it together yet? Did I they think they hired, Lo- they hired Lovey Smith, I think, as D oh, coordinator. Really? Yeah, no, I believe no, that's no. what I saw. Okay. So... Obviously, the, the pool to pull from because these six, seven teams, whatever it was, that were looking for coaches um, are filled and they're building their staffs. But I don't see 
on a competition either. So if Lafleur wants to take, you know, a week, two weeks to decide, I mean, this is his first time hiring a defensive coordinator. I don't think it's detrimental to them. Like I said, if it's a month ago and you're competing with eight teams to try to find someone. Well, it took him a day to hire the special teams guy. Yeah. They supposedly they they interviewed him before Menenga or yeah. with Menenga, so they, he was already that was the radar. Yeah, that, that was kind of the side. I think they knew they were hiring him before they even fired uh, Menenga. Mm-hmm. So, again, and we'll find out. Like, if they're promoting Gary Gregg, let's just say they are, and, and they know they're doing that, yeah, they might interview some guys just because, but, you know, it, it, we'll see. I, I think, I don't know. The the fan in the, and reporter in me kind of wants him to do it quickly because I want – I want something to happen, you know. That's just that's the nature. But get it right. I'd rather them get it right than than, than do it quickly. How, how, how about that? And here's my disclaimer: regardless of who they hire, everyone, we have absolutely zero idea how it's going to pan out. So let's keep that in mind. All right. <laughs> so I'm sure everybody will heed that, Paul. <laughs> unless, yeah. <laughs> unless they hire Jim Leonard, and we know how it's going to turn out. They'll have the well, best. Then they'll be the fantastic. Might as well just give them the Super Bowl next year. And they'll year. win multiple, multiple Super Bowls. I've said on and Twitter multiple times. <laughs> I've said on Twitter multiple times that uh, I know the day will come when Jim Leonard leaves Wisconsin. There's going to be a head coaching job out there for him at the college level. Is kind of my assumption. But if it's coming to the Green Bay Packers, I will make that exception. <laughs> I will be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So something to hope for, something to pine for. Well, we're it's, it's off season, and we're going to have a bunch of off season stuff to talk about. Unfortunately, it won't be any Packers football for one more game, but. It was a fun season. They finished 13-3, and three, and then everything else happened. So, guys, as far as the offseason goes, what's I guess I should ask you now that we're in offseason mode, Mark, any change to the to your schedule or content or anything upcoming? Well, the content changes, yeah. I'm not, I don't read about games anymore. I have a story up this week. Um, it's, on, it's online now. Um, I kind of, you know, the Packers have a little bit of cap problems for the first time since I can ever remember. Um, so I, I break down how they can – Depending, I mean, the cap could be anywhere from 175, which is the floor. I think it's going to be higher than that. Um, could go as high as 195. But even if it goes to 195, the Packers are still over the cap. So I, I make some suggestions as to how they can get under the cap. Uh, next week, I have a few things planned. I'm going to look at um, their own free agents and, you know, the chances of some guys coming back and not coming back, who they're going to tender as a restricted free agent, things like things of that nature. And I'm going to provide a spoiler alert. Mark does have Kevin King coming back on a no, lucrative no deal. <laughs> um, like I said, I'll take, I'll drive him to the, I'll drive to, I'll fly to Wisconsin and drive and meet him at the airport. <laughs> I liked him. Remember, I was a Kevin King guy before this. Season. I was going to say, over, I don't, I don't mean to call you out, but over the summer, I think he said offer him a contract. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, uh-huh. and I'm glad I didn't listen. <laughs> well, you know what it is with him? I think, he, I think he's just gotten hurt one time too many. I really do. He's well, not, which time was it? Because there's a lot to choose from. And uh, you know what? And I'm going to give him this. I, I asked some, somebody this, and nobody ever answered. Do you think his back was a problem Sunday? If it was, here's the deal. If you're out there and you're playing in a conference championship game and you're you're starting, you have said to your coaching staff, I can okay. play and I can be effective. Right. If you can't be effective and your back was that much of a problem and that's why out. all that happened, then you just let down that's so many people right. and Isn't you it? made a terrible decision. I agree. I mean, yeah, I'm with him. I mean, start the game. Okay, listen, coaches, I can go. I'm, I'm ready to attempt it. I'm not coming out. Okay. But if after the first couple of years, you know, if you, start, you have to go to them and say, listen, you're, you're better off. And they did have a guy named Tremont Williams 
who they brought in and didn't play. Yeah, that's that's really odd. Unless, I mean, with, yeah. with Sol- and especially with Sullivan struggling, why not put uh, – we, we can go over a million things that they, they could have yeah, done exactly. in that game that they didn't. But, again, that falls on coaching too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Paul, Dairyland Express, what's going on as far as off-season content? Uh, right now, I actually really enjoy putting together like mock draft roundups and just giving my quick takeaways on stuff like that. So just uh, picking out different mock drafts that are out there and just a few thoughts and what the what the experts are saying about those players. And then Saturday, today, at Dairyland Express, uh, an article on a few cap casualties that could happen uh, this off season. Okay. Excellent. Well, we'll be back at it again next Saturday with some more fun topics. It's going to be Super Bowl weekend, so we'll see what kind of news hits throughout the week, and maybe we'll get lucky and all the news will wait until Friday to happen so we can talk about it. But in the meantime, this has been another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast for your Saturday crew. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe and go Pack-Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.